recording. Thank you for showing up. We're really excited about uh, having you on the show. Levelfield Financial, where you're from. And um, you got big news that we'll talk about today. But um, you want to kind of introduce yourself to everybody. For those of you that don't know you, which most people watch the show are going to definitely know who you are. So for those of you who don't, do you mind kind of running through your background and all yeah, that? Yeah, thanks for having mm. me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of the show. I think I've seen them all at least once. I often rewatch things that I love. So, um, and somebody asked me today, like, when do you have time to watch all this stuff? I'm like, okay, I cook my own food. I clean my own house. I wash my own clothes. Like I wash my own car, two of them. I'm like, when do you not? I mean, I don't watch TV, right? Ever. Um, so yeah, so I, I joined Level Field Financial this summer. We, our big news is that we just announced that we're buying a bank. Mm -hmm. So we will be hopefully the first bank in the U.S. that offers both traditional banking services as well as um, digital asset is the word that we have to use right mm -hmm. now with the regulators. Can't say Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, so you'll be able to, you know, have financial services like take out a loan against your Bitcoin. Um, you can have a Bitcoin collateralized um, credit card loan mm. which actually acts like a dynamic line of credit have a bitcoin rewards card um bitcoin you know pay me in bitcoin services so you can get mm. your direct deposit immediately converted um and the reason that's awesome actually it is yeah yeah I like is this that. going to be open for all consumers or is this only yes, for businesses oh, no wow. individual retail and and businesses that's huge and i don't I, jake and i were talking a little bit ago about that and in my opinion, that's probably one of the biggest obstacles for getting like the everyday person into Bitcoin um, is that people are so used to banks holding Bitcoin or holding cash and holding all their, their monetary value that it scares the shit out of people to think about, I've got my paycheck that I'm getting every two weeks in a little hardware, you know, drive in my freaking safe at my house. That's terrifying to people. They mm -hmm. like the comfort of knowing that's at a bank and that bank has my money and it's, everything's okay. So getting, having that as an option for people, I think is, is huge for, from an adoption standpoint in the future. I think it's like, this is a big deal. And I, I mm -hmm. hope people understand how big of a deal I, I think it is anyway. So. Is this a, is this a purely digital bank or are there also physical branches as well? No. So we're, um, we announced that we're buying Burling Bank. They're based in Chicago. They actually bank some of your favorite Bitcoin companies already. Okay. Um, they also bank some cannabis companies. Nice. Yes, they're they're actually they've really have pioneered the space mm -hmm. for for cannabis. Um, How and, are they doing on the cannabis assets. side? Because I thought that there was like federal regulations where you couldn't. There was something about where like banks couldn't hold money from cannabis producers or cannabis companies, yeah, and so like they that. it was something like that. I don't know the space like intimately, but I don't like know the space intimately either. They had they had a big issue to where they just had to like do everything in cash. Yeah, and yeah. They, I don't think get loans for it or something. I don't know. I think it's perhaps state by state, and Illinois is where interesting. This, they're they're based in mm -hmm. Chicago. They're in mm -hmm. the Chicago Board of Trade yeah. um, building, so that branch will remain. We'll have one in Houston. Mm -hmm. Most likely Austin, most likely Miami. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, 
I don't know anything about cannabis, so just take whatever I said. Just you know, the complete grain <laughs> of salt. I have no idea, but yeah, I, I know there's something like yeah, that. There's some, yeah, there's there's some sort of issue there with people in the cannabis industry. Yeah, and yeah. holding cash. Well, it's so to your point, it's very hard if you're in the Bitcoin space right mm. now or digital asset even um, space to open a bank account. So a lot of the people that I've been speaking to take it uh, like a technology company that's building on top of the Lightning Network, for example. Mm. Mm. When they go in and tell people what their business is, people hear Bitcoin, even though they're right. a software company, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're no different than Microsoft, really. So they're companies software. getting like unbanked due to the fact that they're doing things online. It's just online. challenging for yeah, people okay. to get bank accounts in this space. Yeah. Are you seeing more and more companies... Like, say it's a SaaS company that, that, that is building something, say, on Lightning. Are you seeing them holding a ton of Bitcoin on their balance sheet and really operating within Bitcoin? Or is it both Bitcoin and fiat? You know, I, so we're not live yet. We'll, we'll have yeah. the bank, we hope, in the next six months. Um, we have to go through. We, we've presented a plan to the federal regulators, and hopefully we'll get that back. We, have, we did go through some sort of an initial um, conversation with them where they gave us the green light to proceed and present the formal application. So that's a great sign because there have been others in the mm -hmm. space who have not been given the green light at that stage. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I, I don't know if they'll hold Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think it's maybe similar to the Bitcoin miners. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, okay. Maybe they do at times, maybe they don't at times. Right. Um, what I really love about our platform and the reason why I joined the team is our custody solution was we're we're using a solution that IBM developed with the Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. It's a level four security um, solution. It is how government mm -hmm. top secrets are secured. Um, so we're using that to store private keys. It's a cryptographic solution. So you know, you were mentioning a signing device, right? Mm -hmm. The little like right. stick treasure, you can put, yeah. put into your computer. Yeah. Um, when I worked at Unchained, great team, amazing, mm. amazing folks. Yeah. It, what I discovered is that a lot of people, once they hear that that's what they need to do, they shy away from right. buying Bitcoin. I agree. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's just like too hot to hold. It's terrifying. To it's terrifying. Yeah. And I just actually um, did a Bitcoin transaction two days ago, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm really very comfortable with mm. how that works. And it still, like, makes me sweat right, right. when I'm sending Bitcoin, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, my I God. mean, just like the basic of just like messing up an address uh -huh. and just like sending yeah. 10 Bitcoin to the wrong place. And you're just like, oh, my <laughs> God. And then it's just like out there in the ether. And yeah. like, you never know, right. like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So our custody solution, it's fully custodial um, but you, in one platform, right? On your phone or on your computer, you'll have your checking account, your savings account, your Bitcoin custody mm. account. Um, and then if you have credit cards or loans, other financial services, but all in one place. And the really cool thing about the custody is our deep cold storage solution you'll have an address on the blockchain so you can go verify your bitcoin is there mm. nice okay which in light of recent things right that have happened right that's pretty important because there's a lot of paper bitcoin that were flying around right right lot, yeah there's a lot FTX. of it, there's, yeah 
There, mm. there have known. There's at least <laughs> one known exchange yeah. that right. didn't have the Bitcoin that they sold. Right. Yeah. So to me, that's you know that's huge, and that's really what got me to join the right. team. Um, I jokingly say that I work for Bitcoin and Levelfield pays me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually very proud. I'm I jokingly say that I'm very proud to work for Levelfield because mm. I think what we're doing is enabling folks to come in and touch these assets um and that if they may you know they probably wouldn't have done and done otherwise because it's just yeah. too many steps too complicated too scary too foreign i agree with that I, I think a lot of like these type of options for people will help adoption 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i think a no lot doubt. of people in this space are you know pretty passionate but i think that like you kind of like I feel like lead the pack in like passion about like Bitcoin. <laughs> I agree. And I want to know like I want to know like because you come from if I remember correctly, you come from like a commodity trading background with like Enron and things like that. How did this like what was your journey kind of like with Bitcoin and like how did you become so passionate? Well, I'm so grateful to have worked with Parker Lewis mm. at Unchain. Right. You Parker's out there spreading guy. the gospel of Satoshi. Yeah, yeah, he's man. doing the Lord's work. I mean, I, I came with a lot of enthusiasm about Bitcoin when I uh, when I met Parker and then joined the team. But you know, just being around him frequently, it's like, oh my gosh, you realize just how much more it mm. is yeah. than an asset. And yeah. in, in fact, I'd really I was thinking about it today. I uh I wish that we'd quit referring to it as an asset. I wish that it, that whole conversation would go away, right? I wish that we'd quit talking about it as money, mm-hmm. um, even though I, I largely explain it as the best form of money ever. I wish we'd quit talking about it as property. It's just a thing, right? And we didn't make it, right? We found it. Yeah. It's like oil. We didn't make it. It was put there, you know, by God. And we discovered it. And it's the same with Bitcoin. It just is. Mm-hmm. And so if people will start thinking about it as something that just is and divorce themselves from it's an asset, it's property, it's money, it's mm-hmm. whatever, like you don't, you don't need to put it in right. that category. That's how I think about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I do this kind of presentation, what the hell is Bitcoin? I gave it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, at a small college, and I and I try to explain it as money, right? But it's just so hard for people right now to grasp right. how this will become the world's money. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so easy to grasp when you read the Bitcoin standard. It's like, oh, this makes so much sense. Right. Like it's and it's hard to like you like once you get orange pilled, it's like hard to unsee what you've seen and you just see the world completely differently and you're just like we're so fucked like yes yeah. <laughs> put on the magic glasses man yeah. yeah okay but we were talking about this earlier there are so many people who wake up and you know metaphorically read the same page of a book right. day after day yeah. and they won't turn the page mm-hmm. they won't look in front of them and that's the challenge right now so i've given that book to you know former ambassadors heads of oil companies, heads of investment banks. And I would bet you dollars to donuts that not any of those guys have read it. Probably not. Right? Like you have to have the curiosity to go and like, huh, you know what? Whatever part of Bitcoin is intriguing to you, Bitcoin is energy, Bitcoin Mm -hmm. is a tool for human rights. um, 
you have to be able to like turn the page and yeah. read the Bitcoin standard. I think or, for me, it's like it's wanting to be on the right side of history. Oh, totally. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, totally. like, like seeing that this was the podcast, whether it's Empower, whether it's just this community in general, like we are truly at the ground floor of something that I believe is going to be totally revolutionary. And 50 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, fuck, we were part of like a huge, huge movement that made like a really, really big difference. I agree. And I think that um, obviously you need the passion of people like Lisa out there talking about it, but, and not to go back just to, you know, kiss Levelfield's butt, but like these type of opportunities are what will drive those people to, even if they don't understand Bitcoin completely on the level like you do or you do or I do, um, th having that as an option is going to inevitably lead to people that would never have got into it before to get into it a lot earlier than than what they would traditionally or without it. And I don't know, I think that um, after you do kind of get sold on Bitcoin, you start realizing its potential. I like I'm, I don't know anybody who got into Bitcoin who is now like, ah, nah, I was wrong. I'm not one person. It. I don't know one person. Not, yeah, nobody gets one. like unorange pilled. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Once you get it, you're like, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> it just goes, it, it blows up. And yeah. so that that's why little things like this, it's not a little thing though. It's a big thing. But things like this are like, it's just one more brick that you're putting in the foundation of kind of establishing the church bigger. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, when I saw that announcement, I, I saw your post first about it. That's, it was like, and maybe I would just take it a lot differently than some people. I was like, that is massive news. Like that, that is a big, big victory yeah. that hasn't gotten enough attention yet. I know it's getting some attention, but like, I just think that's a, it's a big moment. You know what I mean? It's a very big moment because it makes the everyday person who might never have gotten into it before. It gives them the ability to like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of mine and put it in there and see what happens. Like I'm not responsible for losing it. And I did want to ask you some of that. I was like, I know maybe not FDIC, but like, is there some type of insurance that would come with assets that are being converted Good point. Yeah, so with the FDIC, you're insured to what a hundred thousand dollars per account, something like two fifty, two fifty. Okay, they upped mm -hmm. it. That's good. Yeah. So how's that get handled? So when you have a trading account at Level Field, that trading account is FDI insured mm -hmm. for the U.S. dollars. Okay. Right. So your trading the account, value of the Bitcoin in U.S. dollars. Nope. So so not your not mm -hmm. your Bitcoin in custody. Right. right. But if you have dollars sitting in an account mm -hmm. that um, where, where you can convert it, you know, on our easy trade is what we right. call it on our easy trade platform, right? It's a buy sell platform. Mm. We also have a pro platform where there's charting and, you know, you can place orders, but, <clears throat> um, so those dollars are FDIC insured up to $250,000. And we are investigating private insurance for digital assets. Okay. We know that that is out there. Mm -hmm. um, some of the solutions that we've looked at already are just not really robust. Yeah. The companies really have great marketing around them, but when you dig into the meat of it, it's it's not a very robust mm -hmm. form of insurance. That is actually the same for the miners. We're like running that problem. Um, 
which you should call Hodling and Navigator Risk. Those are also good companies to talk to about your uh, insurance needs. So they're like, yeah, there's only a handful <laughs> of companies that actually underwrite. Yeah, deals for Bitcoin miners. Too. And people got to be careful about. We gotta the get Dan insurance on here too. Get. Yeah, we should. We just should get Dan on here. Dan and Alex. Um, we, we can talk about his time with the Jets. Right. Nobody knows about that. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. No. Yeah, he was quarterback for the Jets for like a week. Dan was what? Yeah. Oh, that does not what? surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. And he'll he'll say that he's like, yeah, I wasn't good enough to actually. He was like, I was only in team for like two weeks. <laughs> And then I got That's cut. still awesome. Yeah, and then he landed at uh, hoteling. Okay, yeah. all right. I had no idea about that. That's pretty cool. But um, we definitely need to have one now. So, um, but same thing. The insurance on those, you dig into it. It's like this is not actually covering anything. So, it's yeah. I, you and I have talked about this before. There's so many different kind of ancillary businesses that around the Bitcoin space that need to grow mm-hmm. um, and need to get legitimized a little bit more and have better product offerings. And this is a big one for the banking side. Right. But, um, but yeah, that the insurance issues, I think around the, across the board in the mining space and obviously in this as well is an area of big, of of like the next level up that where we need, that was almost a little like weird play on that. The next level (laughs) up of like where we need to see improvement in the product offering. So, Do yeah, you, f- do you feel like since it's going to be consumer facing, like, do you feel like you guys, I don't know, I was thinking about like marketing, but like marketing, like, like it seems like you guys are going to be like the only ones that are kind of like doing that. Like, do you think, are people like flocking to you guys and signing up for a wait list or is this something you have to go out there and like really like educate the public on? Well, let me ask you, how do you think it's going in light of FTX and Ah, uh, yeah, Celsius that's a great, that's a three great, arrows and, <laughs> yeah. you know, thank you, Wall Street Journal and, yeah. uh, and, and really every other mainstream media outlet for, uh, for promoting Charlie Munger and what he says Bro, about Bitcoin. Oh God, that guy um, needs to just no, it's hard. disappear already. I, yes. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say die. That's terrible, <laughs> I can't like, say that about 90 plus uh, year old man. <laughs> but I did, I did see a guy on CNBC was like this Charlie Munger like has never read the Bitcoin standard. Yeah. He has no idea I know. what he's talking Joe about. Joe Cronin, I, yeah. I saw that. Right. Did you see that? Yeah. So, I, it, which is true. It's like, come on. This guy. Even, even my, da- my dad was in Empower last year. And his takeaway was that we got to spend three hours drinking Coors Light with Casey Donahue. Yeah. Um, from the entire thing. <laughs> uh, and then in light of everything that's happened with FTX, he's just like, ah, I don't fucking trust any of it, this and that. And I'm just like... As much as I try at family dinners, whenever I go up to the ranch and we hang out, like mm. I'm making no progress whatsoever. And some people are never going to get it. It's just yeah. a reality. Like some people are never going to get it. Okay. But all right. So just to shift gears for just a second, because this is where I think we bring people, especially mm. through Empower. Mm. And thank you so much for putting this on again. Um, it was my favorite conference last year. It's so much fun. It's going to be fun. It's this is going to go out like tomorrow. So All right. it's uh, March 8th and 9th. March 8th and 9th. Come out. Yep. It is without a, without a doubt the best mining conference in the space. It is. It's no so doubt. All the cool people are there. Right. Like everybody you want to talk to yeah. in mining is there. It's cool. Um, so what I spend a lot of time doing is, is talking to folks in the energy business. Um, we we're talking about somebody earlier who we won't, yeah. I guess we won't dox it, yeah. but <laughs> come going to talk to companies big and small, right? So in, mm. in the case, the guy Justin and I were speaking about, um, they're a small producer, not terribly small, but they are flaring like $80,000 worth of gas a day. Right. Yeah. Day. That's not a small producer no. right. by any means. So no. flaring. Yeah. 
And he, um, this gentleman is connected to someone at my office and he said, mm -hmm. you know, hey, can we have breakfast? And so we went and had breakfast and then we went and had breakfast again. And they are figuring out Bitcoin mining and what right. that really looks like. Okay, so those guys are figuring it out and th mm -hmm. that'll just multiply. Um, a couple of months ago, I sat down with um, a, a, one of the largest producers in the Gulf of Mexico. So they've got rigs out in the Gulf. Guys, they flare gas, right? Right. They use the gas to run the rig, but they all flare. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not enough takeaway. To For some reason, I always assume there was always enough takeaway whenever you're building just a massive not not all you know, the time. Offshore yeah. facility. Yeah, no. They I don't flare. really think I don't never really think I never really think about flaring offshore. Mm. Right. Yeah, no, they flare That's a interesting. lot. Interesting. Well, and you think of all the 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 countries around the world that you know that most of them are they own the oil companies. They're flaring like crazy. I know. I just got back from a trip where I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" The amount of flares at single locations that like dwarf anything we're doing here. Yeah, and it's remarkable. It's like. And honestly, this will get me like, on a tangent because it frustrates the shit out of me to listen to. I did that deal with Calpin on uh, Bloomberg, right? Bloomberg Green. And they ripped on Bitcoin basically from the get-go of the intro. Now, by the end of it, which I'm taking this as a major victory, they did tacitly. Actually, it was a, it was a strong endorsement that like possibly we need Bitcoin mining because of similar to they compared it to sucker fish in the ocean they keep it clean and so they understood that concept now they they did not want to endorse bitcoin at all but it's like bitcoin is what is going to drive these type of opportunities that we're undoubtedly cleaning up environmental issues that they make you know top of the list problems flare gas from oil and gas companies bitcoin is what solves that Bitcoin mining is the activity that solves it. But Bitcoin, if it wasn't there, no one's going to go invest money to put dollars into Bitcoin mining if the Bitcoin is worth nothing. And so it's like, so Cal, when you're talking all this smack about all this stuff up front, you need, you need it to be worth something. You shouldn't shit all over it because you need it to be worth something. Otherwise, people like me and Jake and everybody that goes into power, there's no reason for us to go put these operations out there that are eliminating the flare gas that you hate Does it, you know what i'm saying it's absolutely it's like guys you not see how we need, to get, we need to get your boy cal on the show i know yeah. he, he's a good dude and like I, and i'm glad that they did acknowledge the fact that i, we I think need it, i think it was more positive than anything it, it was it right was, i mean was. but like you said they didn't commit to right endorsing right and endorsing bitcoin they but didn't I think, endorse bitcoin but they did endorse bitcoin mining i think at least that. shining a light on it and right, especially right. you in those skinny jeans like i think <laughs> they were straight leg, they were straight leg jeans weren't skinny jeans it was positive signal for for the space no it is and i had a great time doing it and they were all super cool and super nice and it was actually i wish i would put more in there about the discussions we had about intellectual honesty in the energy discussion and making sure that like calling one clean and one dirty is is not accurate at all it number one you We've seen a lot of stuff coming up about cobalt mining, lithium mining, all the, and they're terrible on the environment, and they're terrible from a human rights conditions um, standpoint. Bitcoin mining is like a major victory over all those. Now, I mean, it's you don't have the issues that you have in cobalt mining, lithium mining, solar panel production, solar panel surface disturbance. Like, there's a lot of things that were Bitcoin mining 
is without a doubt a net positive for environmentalists. But you know, I will give them credit. They were they they came in with preconceived notions, and they did admit Bitcoin mining is a necessary tool for cleaning up the environment from the things that they have issues. Look, with. they they have reputational risk, right? Mm-hmm. That that is an old concept, and it's just about the narrative shifting, right? right. It's, or it's about eliminating those narratives right because they're wrong Mm. and we as humans are inherently greedy which is a good thing yeah right and so i'm i have coined a term um monetizing every molecule yeah right bitcoin mining allows everybody in the energy chain to monetize every molecule Mm -hmm. and when they begin to realize that that's what's happening if you're offshore if you're a gathering plant um if you're flaring, you know, somewhere, if you've got an orphaned well, right, just sitting as a liability, if though, if and when all of those things begin to be monetized, right, mm-hmm. that's just fulfilling your shareholder responsibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Really. Right. And then that shifts the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully now I hear what you're saying about mm-hmm. the intellectual honesty around energy. I mean, that's another topic that yeah. is really important to me. Um because when you look at last year, I went to the Human Rights Foundation conference in Oslo. And when you look at countries who have access to property rights, right, um, those countries are wealthier. Mm-hmm. When you look at countries that have access to energy, those countries are wealthier. Yeah. Their citizens do better. And so, you know, I, I take every opportunity to bash the ESG mm-hmm. uh, narrative. I think it's. You know, I don't want to point fingers, BlackRock, mm. um, who created that garbage, but it, we need to stop. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a you know we, we were talking maybe you're going to cut mm. it out this part where you were saying um, <laughs> like we're at the moment of the creation of fire, mm-hmm. right? Bitcoin, right. It, it's not about anything else other than literally discovering the best technology mm. on Earth. Right. Right. The most impactful across humanity. Right. Yep. Bitcoin is the only form of property that can be held by every human on right. earth, regardless of property rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting talked about in episode one about just, you know, increasing energy uh, production and consumption is going to yield more yes. human prosperity across the world. And uh, I've posted that quote on LinkedIn a few times. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few people that have like, oh, this is the biggest load of garbage. And I'm like, you obviously don't understand how energy actually works. Right. And side tangent, I've been watching this new show, Last of Us. Have you guys seen that? The, I, I, uh, about the infected and stuff. I've heard and so, about it. Yeah. Well, it's cool because they 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 point out so it's like people get infected by these essentially like mushrooms, right? Right. And it's like essentially like a zombie show, and then it ends up being just like my a dad few, so he's like I don't watch zombie shows. A few <laughs> like they they specifically don't want to call it a zombie show, but then there's like these like essentially communes or like the last people that are kind of like surviving, but they kind of shine a light on the fact mm-hmm. that like there's like no energy, right? Because oil and gas has completely disappeared at this point, right? Because everybody's just confined. And so like this one commune is powered by this one hydro plant that was like nearby and they finally got it working and stuff like that. And you're just like, no shit. Like if this was just to disappear, like this is exactly the life that you kind of go back to. And so it's always, like I've said for years, like it's easy for us to be in our glass Mm -hmm. castle here in the U.S. and be spoiled, but not look at the rest of the world who doesn't have, you know, reliable, abundant or cheap energy to we take for granted just want. flipping the light switch on oh yeah and yeah you know there's a lot of places where that's a big deal 
And it's easy for us to pretend that like, I mean, most of the people that I hear shit on Bitcoin are Americans. And, but if you talk to people in like El Salvador, Africa, different places that do suffer from the situations like you just kind of laid out, um, they have a very different take on, on, uh, what energy does for them. Right. And you think about even like, like San Salvador, you get tons of people like basically a, a huge proportion of a huge portion of the country live in San Salvador. And it's always like, I've wondered before, like, why don't you just move out there? They don't have power. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so you just stacking people on top of people. That's you create slums and all these different things. And it's like literally just having access to a light switch or a gas stove could do wonders for everybody across the country, everyone. And (laughs) Bitcoin mining is can bring that to the people because it makes sense to make an investment at that point. I can go and I can start monetizing this energy before people are even out there. So it makes sense. It's like it's such an easy concept when you start understanding what it takes to get energy somewhere. It's like, yeah, this is a no brainer. So that's I talked to a guy in Dubai that was talking about he said, I won't say who it is because um, he's very private. Brilliant dude. I was so impressed when I left um, the meeting with him. Um, but he builds nuclear plants. And he said, Bitcoin is Bitcoin mining is one of the most valuable tools for a nuclear plant. They would mine with it if it was worth zero. They would mine Bitcoin. And I was like, really? And he, he explained from a safety standpoint what having a load yep. offtake yep. like Bitcoin mining, because there's nothing like it. There's nothing that can go on and off in the speed that it can to balance loads coming off of the nuclear facilities, like there's nothing like it. There's not ever been anything like it. And I don't think there'll be anything like it. We need some and that is also an endorsement for proof of work. Yeah. So it's like, there's so many applications that you can use it for. And, and like the way he laid it out from a nuclear power standpoint in regards to what a lot of people might think, like that is to me, ultimately the, the way the world is going to have to go. Um, ultimately is like, if nuclear was invented today, people would be like, oh, my God, all of our problems in the world are right, solved. Right, right. The fact that we just had a few meltdowns back when technology, like, look at other comparable technology. They're like 60 years old. Yeah, like, <laughs> around the same time. Like, look at cars back then. Look at the fact that we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have computers. We didn't mm-hmm. have, like, technology has evolved exponentially since then. Right. And so my confidence in new nuclear facilities coming up is that we would probably have it figured out. Right, right. I agree. I agree. And this dude builds them, and he was like, this is the best technology I've seen for load balancing. And from a safety standpoint, it's huge for a nuclear facility. I love it. So I was, I, would, I left there, and I was like, dude, this guy might be the smartest person I've ever talked to. I want to meet him. He's awesome. I'll tell you who it is afterwards. But, yeah, yeah I, was, I was super, super impressed. It was, and Dubai is freaking crazy. I have Dubai never, I haven't incredible. been. It's on my list oh, this year. Burj Khalifa. Oh, dude. <laughs> It felt like I, I'm not like a big metaverse guy. It felt like I had VR goggles on. Really? I walk around like this. There's not a piece of trash on the ground. The freaking Burj Khalifa, the clouds, like the other buildings look like these are, it's like twice the size of the Empire State Building. It's crazy. So think about this all of that, everything you see, as far as you can see, that's all oil money. Oh my gosh! That place so do you think they're like, building their do own? Do you think? Islands. Do you think oil and gas is going away tomorrow? No, no. I left there honestly, and I was like, 
we got a lot of work to do. We want to keep <laughs> up with these guys because they it was impressive, really impressive, super impressive, yeah. scary impressive. Like, oof, man, and I'll tell you, getting through the airport was easy. Super easy. Yeah. 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 I loved it. It was incredible. But. <laughs> well, but that's the game theory of Bitcoin. Mm, yeah. Right? right. Like that's the nation state game theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Explain that. Do you mind walking through that? So it, I think I first got tipped off to the Bitcoin is, you know, a strategy for national defense. Really? By Jason Lowry. I, I, want, I haven't heard this. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear it. Do you know who Jason Lowry is? I, I, I know who he is. I don't, okay. I haven't really read anything uh, from him. So MIT mm. fellow, uh, he's a part of Space Force, which okay. I guess is a part of the military. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he published his thesis. It actually came out yesterday on Amazon. Mm. In four hours, I think, on Amazon, it became the number one engineering book, number really? one book in technology, like number three or four book overall. Um, but his thesis is that, uh, well, I haven't read the book. I haven't mm. read the book, but I've heard yeah. him speak a number of times yeah. that uh, Bitcoin, he uses the words, is a form of power projection. But, but really, just at its most simple, the, the way I really think about it, I, I think back to 1944, we come out of World War II, um, or, you know, where if you look at who had the wealth in the world, it mm. was the U.S. And mm. why was that? It's because we had basically gold. We had more gold uh -huh. than anybody else. Okay. And we were making loans to other countries so that they could rebuild their cities that yeah. were destroyed during the war. Right. Um, well, over time, right, we, we are not the largest holder of gold. Mm -hmm. And we have... Uh, basically created the petrodollar right uh, to replace it right? arrangement yeah uh, you know okay well gold isn't going to back our currency right so 1971 nixon mm. simon kissinger find themselves facing um, the arab nations quadrupling the price of oil right so in 73 they're like holy shit we're in trouble what mm. are we going to do they hatch this plan whereby um Treasury Secretary Simon goes to Saudi Arabia and meets with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and says, hey, we've got an idea for you, the petrodollar. Um, you know, we, the U.S., will protect you militarily and we'll sell you weapons in exchange. You sell cheap oil. You sell all of your oil mm -hmm. in U.S. dollars, right? So for your oil, oh, okay. you receive yeah, dollars. Yeah. And with those dollars further, so with those dollars, you will recycle those into U.S. treasuries. Okay. So when people say to me, well, isn't Bitcoin a threat to the U.S. dollar? I always say, well, think about that, right? The U.S. government is a threat to the U.S. dollar because mm. what did we do to Russia when they invaded Ukraine? Rightly or wrongly, what did we do? We cut them off right. of the SWIFT system. When we did that, we signaled to every nation, if you're holding U.S. Mm. dollar denominated assets, whether it's you can't treasuries or you know something else, right? Yeah. Um, your money is not safe. Mm -hmm. And mm. so if we look back okay. at, um, if we look, you know, five or 10 years ago, Russia and China held, I don't know, a, a good deal of their assets in U.S. dollar denominated um, debt, treasuries. That has drastically reduced. Mm. 
well, why? Well, A, because we're debasing our own currency and they see yeah. risk in that. But more so, um, you know, now that we've cut Russia off of SWIFT and seized $600 billion mm. of their assets, what is that signaling to China if China like invades to yeah. Taiwan, yeah. Um, you know, like we're going to keep their money, right? We're going right. to kick them off SWIFT. And then so that incentivizes these other nations to go out and form their own mm. money transfer or, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, monetary agreement, mm. which is what has happened, right? China, Russia, India mm. now have um, their own agreement. Mm. And it's also having... Th these other countries think about whether or not they're going to accept mm. uh, or whether or not they should accept uh, dollars for their natural resources. Right. So um, anyway, going back to 71, the way that I understand it is that it was the first time we were printing dollars in order to fight a war. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Really? So we were still in Vietnam. Yeah. And um, Nixon wanted to continue on and we didn't have the money to fund it. Mm. And so we started printing and that printing has allowed us to continue wars all over the world, um, for decades. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's just, we can just keep doing just, it. Yeah. You just print it over and over. It's and over. your option. Do you print money or do you tax your people? Well, yeah, they do both. We're already taxed. We're already taxed enough as it is. Yeah. You know, so, what's so I didn't, I have not thought about it like that, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's, um, so there's that a great article do. in Bitcoin magazine. If, um, if you want to Google mm -hmm. it, it, Alex Gladstein wrote it Okay, yeah. and it really lays out, um, how the petrodollar, um, came, came mm -hmm. to be in the, the forever war situation. Right. Um, so go, but going back to Bitcoin as a strategy for national defense, I mean, if, if we are viewed as someone with empty coffers, mm -hmm. right? All right. So what backs the U.S. dollar? Full faith and credit of the army. At this point, yeah. The yeah. military. Yeah. Our, our right. Military Guns, yeah. Power. bullets, yeah. Right. Yeah. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our ability to basically kick anybody's right. ass. And yeah. historically, the, the yeah. nation, yeah. yeah. Historically, the nation with the biggest Navy mm -hmm. has been the nation that controls um, the world reserve currency. Mm. So if we look back okay. to um, Great Britain, um, they had the biggest Navy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything revolved around the pound sterling. Mm -hmm. um, so what if we as a nation started to hold Bitcoin on our balance sheet, right? So going back mm -hmm. to the game theory, I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that Putin and Russia have bitcoin i think they're mining right? bitcoin right for sure yeah. i mean anybody who has natural resources that are plentiful mm. and um you know also an authoritarian uh government i mean what they have figured this shit out right they right. have i mean I, I was just in switzerland last week and met with one of the founders of siba bank and they're they are embracing Bitcoin and, and crypto broadly mm. because their investors are demanding it. Right. And their governments are figuring out how to, you know, work with this mm. new technology. Right. Like, why are we in the U.S. allowing the whole world to get, to ahead, of us? get ahead of us? I don't know. I've wondered the same it's thing. It's so dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is. And 
I don't know. I, I've thought that too. Is like, <laughs> I don't want to turn it into a political issue, but it's like, why we have to get on the ball here? We're getting like we all know how it, Bitcoin's hard to actually get. It's not like FTX. Like all these people that thought they own Bitcoin, they don't own Bitcoin. They just own paper and. It's hard. There's a lot fewer Bitcoin out there than what people realize. And I do think we're, we, this next bull run, especially um, after the next halving, people are really going to understand how hard it is to actually accumulate Bitcoin. It's not, there's not as much to go around. And when that clicks with people, the price appreciation is going to be insane, I think. And because think about all the Bitcoin that people thought they owned off of FTX, that they thought they were there. And they had what, 1.1 Bitcoin total? ever and it's like that think of how much buying that is to go into the market if people actually understand the custody and all that and they're buying bitcoin and then taking it off of these exchanges the exchanges won't even be able to keep up with supplying those people with bitcoin there's not enough bitcoin to go around and so i like we're fixing to see some of that hit the fan but at that point i'm hoping the u.s isn't too far behind the boat already where we're not positioned like some of the other countries, but also I go on another tangent. We are so caught up in like our lifetimes and how things are during our lifetime that we forget. Like you're talking about all this stuff from World War II and all that. But even then that you were talking 80 years ago. You know what I mean? That's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. We got people. My grandparents are older than that. Um, there's a lot of people older than that. And even if you look at it, like just removed your parents, your grandparents, like these people, this is, this is a tiny microcosm of, of time that we're living in right now. And if you look at it, like we think it'll never change. We think things are going to be, we think the U S is always going to be on top. And we think this, these are the way things are. This is how they end up being. That stuff can change really, really freaking fast. And it's not going to take much to push us over the edge when we're the ones who are basically killing our own currency right now and killing our own economy. When it falls off the cliff, what happens then if we're not positioned like the rest of the world is or the rest of the up and coming countries that like have recognized this early on that things are not going to work this way for long. And honestly, that's, I come back from Dubai and the Middle East area and I'm like, they've got a lot of stuff figured out. And like, I don't feel the kind of shaky economy, even though, you know, I was only there for a week or so, but just walking around, it doesn't feel the same. Like, Interesting. It doesn't have the same vibe. Like I can feel here the. Well, so kind of, so kind of a little bit of a counterpoint. So uh, our buddy Mark Meyer does our, our BDE show with us uh, every single week. New show. Go listen to it about energy. Um, Mark's a very fucking smart guy. Um, and he was listening to some comments from Dan Pickering. And Dan went to the Galleria recently. And he was like, the place was just swamped. And everywhere you look, it's just spinning, spinning, mm-hmm. spinning. And he was like. The Fed has a problem. They're supposed to increase interest rates to uh, make it to where you're not going to be spending as much. And he was like, but people are just spending regardless of what interest rates are, regardless of how much it costs to buy a house, regardless of how much Mm. it costs to buy a car. Average car notes right now are over $1,000 for people. What? It's astronomical. Are you serious? I shit you not. I shit you not. I went to go go look at uh, trading my car in for a truck, and I had done the math two years prior. Mm. And I was like, here's kind of the range I'm going to be in. No. No, no. He was Are like, he was like, he was like, average car notes between a thousand twelve hundred dollars a month, oh and I gosh. said, not for me. That's insane. That ain't for me. If I spent twelve hundred dollars a month. I better drive like a nine eleven. Yeah, not a truck. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. 
That's scary. So they're gonna have to keep raising interest rates. Well, you would know more about. It. What do you think is gonna happen? What's coming next? How fucked are we? Yeah. So fucked. Okay. Are we? <laughs> Good. Dude, so I love Lee's. I only poured another one. Yeah. <laughs> so fucked. Like what? Yeah. How how fucked are we? You know, so money is supposed to be a representation of human energy, mm. right? I got up today. I had two two iced coffees. Uh, picked up a taco, went to work, did mm. my job. My paycheck will show up, mm. you know, twice a month, yeah. right? So money is a representation of the energy of my being. Right. So lifetimes are lifetimes, mm. right? We only live for right. this fixed finite period. We don't know what that is, but it's finite. Mm. They're not forever lifetimes. So if money is a representative, representation of human energy and human energy is finite then that means money must be finite right, right. or your money is broken mm -hmm. what or will happen yeah. i mean I, I don't know i think that we can't continue to raise interest rates because i don't it's my understanding that um making our debt payment is already challenging right yeah that's a big point too that's a we're going to raise the interest rate to a point where you can't even service your own debt, right? Is that how it would theoretically work? I think that we're almost there, right? Oh because the, I think the debt rolls over. I wish someone smart, smarter than me were here on this macro topic. <laughs> Maybe you guys know, but I think the debt rolls over every few mm -hmm. years. And so mm -hmm. when that debt all reprices at this higher rate, mm -hmm. like a car note, right? Um, you know, but let's just say that you had a car note and it was four or five or six percent and now you go out and i think the average car note is like eight or nine percent nine percent now right so yeah. so you're being repriced right well it's the same with the debt the debt is being repriced yeah. at some point mm -hmm. right we can't afford to make those debt payments so i i, I don't think we're going to be able to continue raising interest rates i also think that they're completely asleep at the wheel because you know there's so much negative around bitcoin mm -hmm. and um and there, there's just this, I don't know, like irresponsibility on the, the fact that they work for the citizens, right? They right. work for us. It's not, I don't think they perceive it that way. I think it's they, that we work for them. I think it's how they kind of perceive it. That, Ultimately, yeah. it's a, it's a, the government operates like a, uh, an 18 year old, uh, with a credit card who's able to raise their own credit limit whenever they want by printing money. And so what do they do? They just, it's a spending problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got all these like 75, 80 year old people that are in, in, in politics that have the ability just to spend as much money as they want, even though they're so, a lot of them are like career politicians and they're so far removed from like actual life or people who have actual jobs and like do real things that actually contribute to society. And they just spin, 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 spin. So then we print, 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 print. And then we get massive, massive, massive inflation. And then the dollar's devalued. And then we're all fucked. And then they try to balance that out with higher interest rates. And then, but mm -hmm. guess what? The general public is kind of like, fuck it. We're just going to keep spinning. Right. And then it's just, it's just one, it's, I don't know where this goes, but I'm fucking terrified if I'm being honest. I, I just don't Why think. Why are you terrified? You own Bitcoin. But still, but still, I'm terrified for like everything else crashing down around me. It's not fun to be the only one who wins. Well, yeah. and I also think like ultimately, um, if everything goes south, right? Say the dollar crashes and the economy here crashes, 
your Bitcoin's going to get dinged too. It's not going to it's not going to be completely, I guess, immune to it. I think I think it'll actually get hit pretty hard as well. I think it's plausible because we've like if you look at the history of like regimes or, or one particular government historically. Mm-hmm. We are past the average expiration. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. we're well past. Like, yeah. we're well past that. Yeah. And so, like, the chances of all of this falling in the same way that Rome fell, in the same way that everything mm-hmm. else fell, England, and so, and so on. I need my tinfoil it's likely. hat. On. I want to start talking about Wait, this, Rome turned into. I feel like Vatican this is like hand. you've entered. You've entered the tinfoil hat yeah, section like, of the show. We, we like we do this. We do this every week. Hats, then we just put them on and we start talking about some of this stuff. <laughs> There's definitely some tinfoil hat like comments that we make sometimes. I don't know. I don't like to be like all doom and gloom or like playing to conspiracy theories, but if you just like look at all the signs, like mm. it's almost like some of the damage is like irreversible. Well, I, you, I agree. You guys are so young though. I mean, my parents are in their 80s and you know, they live on a fixed income. And so when you say that the people in Congress um or you know, in our government, um, even the people in the fed right if they're in their 70s or 80s they have loads of money they've right. had other careers they have loads of money it's like but if you look at my parents and the millions of other americans out there who you know didn't amass um yeah. a, a fortune right and and that's something i think we should all be fearful of yeah um that you know do i have enough money to live for the rest of my life it 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 like makes me fight even harder for Bitcoin. Mm, right. And, and, and I'm, you know, maybe our, my parents in their eighties, like maybe it's too late. Um, it's certainly not too late for somebody in their sixties. It's not if you're in their fifties, yeah. you know, we have teenage kids. Um, I mean, I, I make my daughter save in Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, I did it. My, I make my son I, too. Yeah, yeah, and my daughter. But yeah, both of them. Somebody I brought sent both me my a... kids to empower, and so yeah, they're getting orange pilled. Yeah, <laughs> like whether they, they like it or not. <laughs> well, my my daughter is uh, already orange, fully orange pilled. In fact, she is just, she she just pitched her college on doing an independent major on Bitcoin. Nice. That's no awesome. Shit. That's awesome. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. You want to know what they said? Mm. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. That seems like a very narrow topic. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. See, they don't know it's anything. So freaking it's broad. Like, gosh, this is like, it's amazing how early we are. And like, people think it's too late. <laughs> you know, people think it's too late. And it's like, man, we're so early. Well, so not early. to like brag on her, which I do endlessly, but like, this is an Ivy League school. Really? Where'd she go? Cornell. <laughs> Dang. So Lisa, you're a rock star. Yeah, I know. You Parent of the year, freaking mom <laughs> of the year. Ah, oh, this is Bitcoiner great. of the year. Bitcoiner of the year. Yeah. Miss Bitcoin America. Yeah, there we go. Thanks. So I will tell you, I do feel like I have won like the Academy Award of Parenting. Uh-huh. Sorry not to diverge from Bitcoin, but um, I was with one of my good friends and my daughter and I, the three of us. Mm. And I guess I got up, went into the house. We were outside and I got, went into the house for something. And my daughter looked at my friend and she said, you know, Aunt Shell, my mom and I are a pair. <laughs> That's and it's awesome. like, so then I hear about this later and I'm like, okay, I don't want to die now, but I could die now. Like, I just won the Academy Award of <laughs> That's Parenting. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, it's that's like, great. That's super cool. Sweetest kid anyway. You know, this. I just had an idea. So we've had, you know, Jake, um, or I'm sorry, Joel yeah. uh, from 10.0. Of course I do. Okay, Joel 
and we had Steve on there. They've known each other for a long time. We've talked about this. Gideon <laughs> Gideon has a awesome video. I don't know if you guys put it out yet at all. Have you? Or you the, showed Adam Power the one in the helicopter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. Okay, so, so you saw it. All right. Yeah. Good. Of course, it's the greatest. We're, ad putting, ever. we're putting a ton of money behind it, so right. everybody's seen everybody's it. Everybody's seen it. Good. Okay, it. it's awesome, right? We need to do another one though. We want to do one with Joel and Steve, where we're doing Kenny Powers and. <laughs> Have a pitch off like uh, Kenny and Mac, uh, Reg Macworthy, right? So we need to do that one, but we also should do one with Lisa. You could be like Wonder Woman or like Captain Marvel style. Miss Bitcoin America. Lisa and okay. Spandex. Yeah, no. Is <laughs> she have the bracelets? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bitcoin the Bitcoin bracelets? Yeah. Oh, it'd be perfect. Okay. So I have two things to tell you, actually. <laughs> this is like hugely funny and embarrassing. Um, I read yesterday uh, that. Wearing spandex, actually, women that wear mm -hmm. spandex, it actually creates cellulite. Are so we like, talking like yoga pants? Yeah. What? Yeah, they're like. It's the greatest invention. I was going to say, this is the greatest thing ever is yoga pants. Come on, Lisa. Okay, we, totally we're disagree. cutting this out. We're cutting this we cut one. This part out. It's not coming <laughs> in the show. We're throwing it out. Okay. So when I was small, I think like five or six or seven, something like that. So I was, all right, I'm sorry. I'm going to use the F word. I was the fat kid. <laughs> And I was, I was just not attractive and I, whatever. Anyway, I was the fat little kid. Um, so my mom had me in ballet lessons and the ballet teacher came up to my mom and was like, yeah, I don't think Lisa really is great at ballet. Like, I don't think you should bring wow. her anymore. Wow. And so my mom was like, you know, I think there's like something else out there for you. It's okay. And I think that that year, instead of like being a ballerina or whatever for Halloween, which is what I typically like to be, I was Wonder Woman. Like the cops. Nice. So the whole thing is just going to come full, full circle. circle. Yeah. Perfect. 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 We need anyway, to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. It happen, man. I don't know how we, got off, how we got off on that tangent. <laughs> we can make that happen. I think you should. Pretty easily. I think you should. <laughs> no we got, spandex, we got please. Gideon, we got Reg Mackworthy and Kenny Powers and... Yeah. Wonder Woman. Okay, stay tuned. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Okay, so let's talk about Empower. I'm excited. We've got uh, from now, so today, the time of recording, February 21st, we've got uh, about two weeks, two and a half weeks. So March 8th and 9th. You know, it's it's hard to say in terms of like attendance where we in. We're in a bear market, right? And so you've seen it with like the Houston Bitcoin meetup as with like all the other Bitcoin meetups. You know, the true believers come out in droves. Mm. Everybody else who's kind of like a fair weather fan kind of like disappears. Um, but I'm excited, you know, two days of content with all my favorite people. So regardless, I think it's going to be a really great time. A really cool venue. You know, really 7 cool venue. 713 Music Hall. It's like a totally elevated experience. Really nice restrooms. That's a major selling point for me. <laughs> yeah, true. Like yeah. you don't have to worry about anything being not up to par. Yeah, I was just there. They had the Kirkland and Ellis party during oh, Nate. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to go by awesome. and check it out, but I didn't. I didn't have a chance to. Phenomenal party. Take it, away. it was my first Nate party. Oh, it was your first Nate? I was like, wow. Is Nate's this wow. what this is all about? Nate. Y'all's Nate's party to... was legit. I mean, it was. Oh, like, oh your party. Oh, well, good, of course. It was almost like it was almost it was like a feel like a like a birthday party for me because it was like I knew everybody in yeah. there. And I was like, this is cool as shit. I can go anywhere and I know everybody in this entire room. That is probably one of the best things about Bitcoin. Yeah, is yeah. this whole space is so small yeah. and um, everybody's like it's growing super cool. Oh, it is growing. It's growing. It's growing a lot. Uh, but everybody in it is pretty like-minded and um, it makes it a lot of fun. So can I add something to that like-mindedness? Of course. All right. Um, 
So in one conversation that I've had in the last couple of months, I was sitting in a Houston billionaire's office and I'd never met the gentleman before. And it, there were some other folks in the room as well. So mm. We were just all sort of chatting, getting to know one another. Time out. If we guess who the billionaire is, will you confirm it? Not on camera. <laughs> 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 all right, go ahead. Sorry. And so we, we come around to the Bitcoin conversation. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, all right, I want to know, he pointed at me, I want to know what you think about this. You, you tell me, what do you think? Because mm. I'd been pretty quiet. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, I, I don't know you, but I've been sitting here for 20 minutes with you. And in that 20 minutes, I've gathered that you own real estate out West. You've spent a career in the energy business. Oh, I could probably guess who this you, is. I was going to say, right? own, <laughs> yeah. I'm whittling yeah. down. Yeah, I was looking for clues. <laughs> you own uh, gold and, and metals. Uh, you love the national parks. Mm. You love to hunt and fish. You love your family. You'd rather be outdoors than anywhere else. To me, that is somebody that aligns with, you know, the ethos of Texas, but liberty and freedom and everything that America was built on. And if you are aligned in that ethos, you are a Bitcoiner. Right. Boom. Man, see, Lisa, you're freaking dope. Wow. So dope. That's awesome. Well, you know what he said? What? I already own Bitcoin. I, Dang. Yep. That's you figured awesome. him out. That's awesome. Of course he did, right? Yeah. When you figure out that, and, this, and these are the people that need to come to empower, right? Yeah. right? Like, forget everything you've heard about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Just, Just forget it. Like, here's the deal. Come to Empower and listen to people talk about how it's a tool in the energy space, right. how it'll help you monetize every molecule, right? And how if you're a Texan or maybe you're not, maybe you're from Oklahoma or Ohio or somewhere else, mm -hmm. if you're in the natural resource business, natural resources are a huge part of our national security, yeah. right? Can right. we all agree oh, yeah. after this year, huge right? Part. Huge, huge part. Huge part of national security. Mm, yeah, it is. It really is. And Bitcoin will be recognized that way right. as well. So yeah. if you are a patriot, right, if you believe in freedom and liberty and private property rights, sovereignty, sovereignty, right. then mm. you believe in Bitcoin. You may not know it yet. Yeah, you don't know it yet. Right. I, you, man, that's awesome. You've awful been to told the it. wrong story. Yeah. You've listened to the wrong, you know, turn CNBC off. When you're trying to understand off. the way it works and it's like people don't understand the way Visa works. You know what I mean? It's, but they get so caught up in it, but they use a visa every day. And yeah. it's like, stop worrying about trying to understand it and understand what it does for people. That's it to me. Yeah. Guys, hear me out. What if we started our own country? I'm totally done with that. So we're going to like because Bitcoin Texas is going to succeed, right? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to stop all this nonsense. I would be, at this point, like I used to be like, oh, that'll never happen. I would be fucking 100% totally okay with that happening. Like a real, and just Texas I, going I back to being the best country ever. Like that is what's, we are getting more polarized. And with the freedom of movement that we have, people will move to the places that where they want to be around like-minded people. I honestly don't think it's that far-fetched to continue to see the polarization and people congregating in areas that are more like-minded. It the, makes right, total sense. The U.S. would be taking a massive L by losing Texas. Yeah. Oh, huge. Massive. But huge. Do you know that there's conversation, and I'm a little bit out of date on this. I, I looked this up six or eight months ago, but there's conversation about 
um, the state of Texas basically refunding extra money to folks, um, you know, if you've paid property tax, mm -hmm. right, or through sales tax, like the, we've had a surplus. Okay. I'm not exactly sure if I have that correct. No, I've heard something like that. But yeah, yeah. if we look at what Riot did in Rockdale, mm -hmm. right, they've built this enormous facility for Bitcoin mining. But within the community of Rockdale, it's my understanding that their public works, public service um, has vastly improved. Oh, yeah. Right. So if we continue this throughout Texas and we, you know, which basically leads to prosperity for Texas mm -hmm. because states get revenue from sales tax, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that makes Texas a wealthier place. Right. So what if Texas, through these revenues of business and ingenuity, right? What if we didn't have property taxes anymore? I love it. Right. I mean, we don't have a state income tax, which is yeah. great. But, but our property, but our tax property taxes are, are yeah. high. Yeah, very high. Right. So what if we don't have property tax, right? That invites innovation. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'd be I'm all for it. Yeah. Lisa from governor. I'm I mean, you think about it. We've got we've got NASA here, mm -hmm. but we've also attracted not only SpaceX but Blue Origin. We have a significant amount of natural resources, right? We have the best solar opportunities in the country. Best solar the best, opportunities. Some of the best wind. We also have yeah. one of the biggest ports in the entire nation, right? So We've got everything. Why do we need the rest of the U.S.? We do not need them as much as they need us, in my opinion. We should start campaigning for this Look at how much of the energy Texas. production comes from Texas. It's, it's I don't, I don't know what the number is. What is the number? It's massive. It's it huge. Yeah, it's massive. Huge. Just on the oil and gas yeah. alone, it's massive. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the vast majority of the drilling and production going on for oil is Texas, West Texas. Dude, imagine how, much really of the, close. imagine how much of the nonsense we could just not participate anymore yeah. by just being like, just focused on yeah. Texas. I'm not, you know, I'm a patriot, but I'm also very realistic. And I know you're up. a realist, yeah, right? Right, You're a right. realist. And so if I can just go back to empower just for a yeah. second. Um, it, so our mutual friend, Dan Morrison, and I have been having this conversation. I love Dan Morrison. Dan's a great guy. He's such a good dude. That hair. And he's, he's the hair. And he's just a sharp guy. He's like a modern day Very Fabio, sure. the Fabio of oil and gas. <laughs> Fabio of, of a sludge, right? Yeah, amalgamated yeah. sludge. Okay, so for everybody that doesn't know who Dan Morrison is, he was a former equity research analyst that covered the energy space and, and actually is friendly with a lot of these um, energy CEOs that are sort of his vintage, if you we will. We need to have him on the show. Yeah, 100%. You need to have him on the show, and I need to talk to you about Empower because I have an idea for a panel. Oh. Um, one of the... He is a genius. I mean, I'll just say I, I've never asked him for his Bitcoin price prediction, but I, um, I, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about price the other day for no really good reason. Doesn't matter if it goes to zero. Um, I'm never getting rid of mine. And so I just texted him, hey, you know, I've never asked you what's your, you know, you're an equity research analyst. Like, what's the, mm. what do you think about Bitcoin price? And I get back this email. Really? It's like, yeah. here's how I think about it. And I thought. Yeah, he's a former equity research analyst. He I knows think what he's that doing. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, you know, one of the things that he highlighted for me is just the opportunity within the midstream space. So mm. if you're a gathering facility, apparently those things go down for planned or unplanned yeah. maintenance. 100%. Right. Yeah. right. So then you've got to tell um, whoever owns the gas, sorry, we're going to be down or we don't know that we're down or whatever. Right. Mm. Um so then that gas either has to be diverted or 
I guess shut in. I'm not really shut an expert the on that. Outside. But or the flare, lot, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But if that gathering plant had miners on site, mm-hmm. I've talked about this a lot too. Yes, it, yeah. it, we talked about this on at least three to four episodes. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay, I mean, midstream facilities. All of these midstream companies need to come to empower. I keep saying midstream companies would be the ones that make like I think the Bitcoin mining for flare gas and all that like midstream companies and service companies. That's who's that's who should be doing it. Yeah, it makes total sense because the, I can't tell you how many times when I was at like India we couldn't have we and we had our own midstream company. Momentum Midstream was basically our sister company for Indigo Minerals. And we still run into situations where pipeline can't get there in time. And we work together with them every freaking day on making sure we got the routes, making sure you got the right of way, having the pipe put in every day. And we still run into situations where you can't get uh, some wells online because, you know, you're three, four, five, six months out. And it's like, well, if I'm a midstream company, I have commitments on gas. The, you know, right from from my producers, I'm gonna go set up a, a facility. I'm gonna have miners on hand with pods where I can go out there and start mining day one. As soon yeah. as it's on, I may be out there for four months, six months, whatever. But all that time, I'm mining Bitcoin. It makes sense for me at, from a midstream standpoint, and the EMPs are happy because they bring their well production online. But if I'm if I'm a Bitcoin miner, that project's not good for me. Like I've got to buy miners and deploy capital for something I'm only gonna have for four to six months, but it makes total sense for a mission company. So it's like this is a no-brainer yeah. for them, well, and they should come to it. We've because- seen the same thing on the OFS side, particularly with pressure pumpers, so fracking companies. Whenever they're not actually fracking a stage, mm-hmm. being able to fire those bad boys up right. and actually mine Bitcoin. That's a good on point. the rigs. Like, a great point. but here's free fucking business idea. Just cut me in whenever you do it. If you built a mobile Bitcoin mining little operation on a trailer and you pulled up to all the frack sites to when they're actually not fracking a stage and you mine Bitcoin during that time with massive amounts of power. My boy Leachman's already we were talking about doing that. Shit. Yeah, I, I just mine's met with somebody too. Yeah. That and and I met with a Bitcoin miner and he pitched an investor, very high net worth person. And unfortunately, the high net worth person was like, that's never going to work. And we were both like, but it will. Yeah, it but will. it will. It will. It, it will. will. It will. And it is happening. I, coolest billionaire I've ever met, which is only one, but <laughs> <laughs> by default. Tillman Fertitta, coolest freaking dude. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like, um, and I only really bring this up because you talked about the billionaire. Dude gave me freak first NBA basketball game I ever got to go to. And I'm a huge basketball guy. My dad was a college basketball coach, just retired this actually his first year, not coaching in like 45 years, um, 44, whatever. Uh, I used to coach high school basketball, one state, by the way, but um, had like. No big deal. You're no big deal. deal. We, we were freaking amazing. We had like eight D1 players on our team. but You won state, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. But uh, kind of been successful at every stop I made, but whatever. <laughs> Joking, I'm a legend in my own mind if you ask me. But uh, he, so first, I'd never been to an NBA basketball game, and it was one day after practice. Uh, the AD called, and he's like, Hey, man, uh, so Tillman just called, asked if you and I want to go to a basketball game, a uh, Rockets game. I was like, All right, cool. He's like, All right, you know, yeah, I'd love to go. I've never been. We get the tickets, and all, there's no seat number on it, right? Just a barcode, and it's got like Tracy McGrady like dunking it, and it's like metallic and black. And I was like, Dude, these seats are freaking ridiculous gotta be gotta be so get there drive up on my beater freaking jeep liberty got like mcdonald's bags in the back and freaking 
literally like just got back from like a trip to Missouri. I had gravel road, dirt all over the outside of it. Oh yeah. So we pull up on our parking pass. Skinny jeans. Skinny. Yep. Uh, well, this is before skinny jeans. I'm okay. old, bro. And <laughs> 90s dad jeans. 90s dad jeans. <laughs> the new totally, balances. Yeah. Might have been cargo pants. I don't know. But <laughs> so we pull up and realize this is like a valet parking at the stadium. And like there's like Bentleys and freaking Lambos and like all these freaking badass cars. And I got this Jeep Liberty with literally McDonald's bags in the back. And I pull up and the guy was like, and I get out and I hand him the ticket. I was like, am I on the right spot? He's like, yeah. But he was like confused because I shouldn't be, obviously, based on my car. So he takes the car and we go walking in and scan the ticket. And they're like, hold on right here. They bring up this like, looks like a waiter, right? He's got a vest on and all this. And I'm like, okay, follow him. He's going to take you to your seats. Go walking down. I'm like, oh, shit, these are great seats. Keep walking down, keep walking down. We get like right behind the bench for the Lakers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like right behind the bench. He steps out on the court. He's like, come on. And I'm like, what? Your court side? <laughs> Freaking on the bench with the Lakers. I sat next to Kobe Bryant, talked to Phil Jackson, Kobe, me and Kobe were boys. We Damn. were boys. We were like, I'm like talking to him. At first, I was so nervous, too. And I called one of my buddies. I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this. I'm on the freaking bench with the Lakers. And he's like, I, I hate saying this word, but whatever. Um, on air, anyway. He's like, dude, tell Kobe. <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah. He goes, tell Kobe he's a little bitch. And I was like, yeah, I will. I will. I'll definitely go do that. Game gets ready to start. Bitch. Yeah, he's a little bitch. Bitch is the word you don't like saying on it? I know. Just on I thought it was camera. so much worse than I that. I did too. I, I was know. like, ready for I it. I know. It's, it's not a better word, but, you know, whatever. All right. So I'm, I'm standing there, right? Game's getting ready to start, and Kobe stops literally right in front of me. I'm standing there. His, his shoulder's like right right here in my chin. And I'm like, I mean, he's he's this far. He's six inches away. It's the Black Mamba, baby. Black Mamba, man. I love it. Um, And he I'm, he's standing there, just kind of hopping, and I was like, Kobe. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah. And I go, you're so awesome. You're so awesome. Go get him, Kobe. And I'm like, go get him. He goes, I will. And he goes out. Dude was freaking ridiculous. So like the first three quarters, he's talking to me the whole game. And Tillman's sitting across the over at half court on the other side. And he's like waving at us the whole time. He's sending drinks over to us, shirts, all kinds of gear. And he's like texting. He's like, come on, I want to take you to Lexus Lounge afterwards. I go in there with them. And he's like, I'm like hanging out. I go, I'm like, this is the best day of my freaking life. And so I'm sitting on the bench back at like third quarter. Kobe's like talking a little bit. He does not care about what Phil Jackson had to say at all. Didn't even listen to timeouts. And so fourth quarter starts and they're down by like five, six, something like that. Kobe immediately moves like three seats down away from me. Won't talk to me anymore. I'm like, Kobe. You Kobe. broke up already? Yeah, I was like, well, already, dude? You just dropped me in the fourth quarter? Like, we've made it three quarters. We've been best friends now. I was pretty sure I was going to be his agent after the game. Like, I, I, was, I was ready. I was like, this is my moment. Kobe did you like that. He did me like that. He didn't talk to me anymore, but he dropped 18 in the fourth quarter. And freaking, I'm pretty sure it was like 18. Killed, ended up coming back and winning. I was waiting for, like, some shoes or something after I didn't get it. But... Tillman was the dude who made that happen for me. So, bro, that's like that's like me and pickleball. I'm like the Kobe of pickleball, bro. Oh, You're the Kobe dude, you of pickleball. Yeah, you, I, really I haven't am. been able to get her on the court with you. I'm from Missouri, dude. We played pickleball in PE when we were like six. We we are a pickleball bro. Is that capital. Right? I'm from Missouri. Yeah. Did How you about you this? Missouri? Yeah. Bro. Where at? St. Louis. Are you a Cards fan? Yes, dude. Lisa, dude. you just became my favorite person in the world. I already was. <laughs> already was. Your favorite person now you really world. made it. You really made it. I'm a huge Cars fan. I'm, yeah. yeah, so I'm from like Springfield area. Yeah. Um, Dude, my grandma lived in Springfield. 
No way! I spent a shitload of time in Springfield. That Bass Pro Shop? <laughs> Bass Pro, baby. Dude, I know that Bass Pro Shop with the back of my hand. It's the best. That That's, place is like that was a literally childhood. the only thing to do as a kid growing up. When you we spent a significant amount of time in Springfield. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, the mall was shit. And I was like, let's just go to Bass Pro Shop. It's Dude, cool. Bass Pro so apparently like, really cool. just dropped me it's off and we would just get lost for hours. And I would just spend all the time in the boat section. The place looking is at insane. boats, looking at guns, looking at the polar bear, going up to the McDonald's, go to the shooting range. Bass like, Pro is like a childhood. Like I've spent guy, a lot of time there. Guy, That's the original Bass Pro Shop. If nobody knows, like that is it's the insane OG. Too. It's insane. Really? Have you not been? It's there? crazy. No, I've been to the Bass Pro Shop in there's Arkansas. No, wait, no wait. What's the place? There's no comparison. No this comparison. one's so big. Uh, Have Lake you of been? The it is so okay. fucking That's big. That's a nice one. But the, the Bass Pro in no, Springfield is huge. It is the you size of like an, an entire mall. How how tall like, is that's that how waterfall? Big it is. It's like a sixty foot waterfall. Yeah, it's like at least three four stories. Yeah, waterfall. Yeah. There's like polar bears. They've got like video movie things you can go and see and experiences. Then they built the whole back thing, which is like relatively newer yes, over yeah, the last ten years. Yeah. So you can go and you can see like like stories from Hemingway and a bunch oh, of like insane. things that are kind of like brought to life. Oh. The the yeah. ceiling. Like there's a portion of it that's painted like you're underwater. You got bottom yeah. of boats sitting there, and like it's incredible. So it's amazing. an experience. Like you don't really go there to buy shit, but yeah, people just, do buy shit. But yeah. like it's an experience just to like go, and you can spend hours and just get lost in that place. It's incredible. Yeah, I shall go. You should definitely go. I shall go. It's a bucket list item for sure. It's I did not know you're from St. Louis. Though. I am. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we moved here when I was five. My dad worked. Well, so my parents met in the lunch line at Monsanto. Dad the, was in the food. Um, he was. What is he it was called? in? He was in marketing. Monsanto, like the, the chemical company. The chemical company. All right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're as evil as only gas companies, apparently. All right, you're ruining my story. I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. My bad. Please. <laughs> so your parents sorry. are evil. Okay, go on. <laughs> my parents are so saint. sweet and loving. <laughs> Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> She's a saint. <laughs> they met in the lunch line at Monsanto, but then when I was five, we. Um, we moved to Houston. My dad worked for Corpus Christi Petrochemical, uh -huh. which was bought by Kane, which was then bought by Oxy. Uh, so, so you were five. So you, you moved this. here in like what? Oh, 19, but yeah, 1990? we no <laughs> before yes. then. Thank you, though. Yeah, thank you. Um, I forget what house I was going to tell you. I got so excited my about bad, the my bad. I screwed Bass up. Pro Shop. No, yeah. now I just am thinking, how did I miss Bass Pro Shop? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This how whole time, it. it's amazing. I'll have it's to go. such a wonderful place. I love it. I, oh. I literally like go back to Tillman. Yeah, I've never met him. He's I've awesome. heard all about him because we stole his best employee. That's right, Trey Zeliff. Yeah, he's incredible. Right, Trey works with Level Field. I did not. I remember that actually. Yeah, you told me that not yeah. too long ago. Um. Tillman's awesome. Okay, and his I've kids, never met him, and I really want to meet him. He's, man, he's like a legend in yeah. Houston and beyond. Oh, yeah. They got, uh, like, they are literally some of the nicest people. Like, I coached at First Baptist Academy. That was my first coaching job in Houston. That's where I got to know them. Um, yeah, I coached two of his sons, and his other son was my ball boy, and he was the cutest freaking kid. He probably, if he, if he listened to this somehow, he'd be really embarrassed, but kid was adorable. How do we, they had a yacht party this weekend. How do we get in? Can oh. you get us invited? I don't know. He he probably doesn't remember who I am. His son Damn. I saw not very long. His older son Pat or his second oldest son Patrick. I saw him at a Rockets game not too long ago. And I walked up, I was like, Patrick, what do you know? And he turns around, and he's like, Coach Ballard, oh my, you were the best thing for my career. I'm like, you were in sixth grade, bro. But <laughs> I mean, 
it was all downhill from there. But yeah, he, he, I mean, they were just such good people. Like really, really, his wife was amazing. Paige. I mean, they were, they're just really, really for being billionaires. You got like, kind of think like, what are they going to be like as, you know, individuals? They were super cool, sweet, kind. Give me shoot. She, she like his wife sent my daughter birthday presents like four years after Aww. I'd left there. They were so cool to us at yeah. a, at a, um, we had a baby shower. My, my wife got pregnant with my daughter. They like, I don't want to say how much, but they gave us a chunk of money, just freaking wired up in a freaking baby bottle. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> like, you guys are the <laughs> nicest people. Like no reason. Nobody asked. Just they're really cool people. Yeah. And he did fly helicopters into our junior high football games, which were like, that's hilarious. I thought somebody was dying. I was like, is it the life flight here? And they're like, no, that's my dad. I was like, is your dad a <laughs> my dad. This is my dad. Is just- <laughs> well, Gideon flies helicopters places. He does. Yeah. He, so we, we flew in to shoot that commercial. The helicopter wasn't supposed to make it to the commercial. He was supposed to be just like. That is, we're, well, we the, shot the horse was cool. So but full, the full story, cool. I'm actually in the restroom here and I just randomly FaceTime Gideon. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And this was a Friday. I say, <laughs> what are you doing on Monday? And can you, can you come to Louisiana to to, to this ranch because our, our guy John, his family owns a ranch out there in Louisiana on the, on the border of Texas, Louisiana. I was like, can you come out and shoot this commercial? We've got this idea. It involves a horse and ranch and all this kind of stuff. And he's let me check my calendar. He's like, uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he's cool. like, I'm going to fly a helicopter. Where do I land? And I was like, uh, I'll let you know. I'll give you the coordinates, I guess. And so he flies a helicopter and they shoot the bit. And then the helicopter, we were just like, we got to make it a part of the bit. So then they, they took off. So... But even, even even whenever we had you guys here to talk about Empower, he flew a plane in for that. Dude, he for the yeah, day. I know because for, for two you, hours. And were then you back. the one that was late? No, you didn't I come didn't, that day. I, I called in. Yeah, somebody was late, and they walked in and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I'm late." Blah blah blah. I don't know. And Gideon was like, "Yeah, I flew a plane here. I got here on time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there yeah, are so many cool people in there Bitcoin. There are so many cool people. Like honestly, some of you want to do something crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So we, me and Gideon made a pact the night of y'all's party at NAPE. In the next 10 years, me and Gideon are starting an F1 team. An F1 team? Yeah. Is that cars? Racing Formula team. I, like it, star- it starts at like a billion dollars to get involved. So like we've got to do pretty well for ourselves. Why can I like, not get on that pact? I've you can come in on this pact. Yeah, I want to get we on took a, he was like He was like, we're going to solidify this. So we took a video and we said, this is us here. And we said the date. And we said, we are starting an F1 team within the next 10 years. And we're going to make this happen. Let's go. And Gideon so. Gideon must make a lot of packs. I thought it was special. Now I'm getting kind of jealous. He <laughs> made a pack with me that we're going to, to Bali in 2025. For what? Dude, we can go to, to Bali. celebrate Bitcoin. We can go to Bali this year. Grand. Oh, it's going to be 250000 way before then. I, I think so yeah. too. But yeah. I'm okay. I'll do 2025. You guys should go with us. I want to go to Bali. I want to go to Bali for sure. Yeah. yeah. Count me in. Count me in. I wanted to go to Dubai. Dude, Dubai. <laughs> I want to go to Dubai. We need to go do a, a Dubai trip. Agree. Like, totally. ASAP. The place is incredible. I had incredible. tickets to Dubai. I had a whole trip planned out. Place. And then something catastrophic happened, and I wasn't able to go. That I was happens. really sad about it. Yeah, that sucks. Well, well, we'll, get, we'll get a plane again. Yeah. Let's, Let's get everybody it. to buy an Empower ticket so you can quit worrying about Empower and yeah. take a little Dubai trip. And then let's take a little Dubai trip. Let's just go hang out, do like indoor skiing in the middle of the yeah, desert. Dude. And that would be sick. Yeah. 
Jake is worried about it, but it's only because that's probably because they're involved. Because I'm like, dude, everybody talks about it and everybody wants to go. So it's going to well, be... It, like the nature of the game with events these days post-COVID is that everybody buys their ticket in the last three weeks, right? And it's it's more highly concentrated like really the last week. And so it's very much like drilling a well. And you don't know where you're going to land until what three days out, right? So mm, yeah. there's going to be a ton of people there, but it's like it is stressful being the person who's like putting up a significant amount of cash to to do an event. Like you don't know where you're going to land. Yeah. Right? So he's you're been kind stressing of like, me out when I talk to him. Like, dude, you're making me nervous, man. What is what you're stressing me out, bro? You stress me out. I know. No, nah, it's going to be great. it's going to be great though. Yeah. All right. Really well. Well, so I'm recruiting people to come. Um, I have asked a couple of women to come. I don't know if you guys we know. We need more of those. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So this is where I'm going with this comment. Um, I've asked D plus plus to come, and uh, there's another woman that's on Twitter a lot, mm. Isabel Fox and Duke. Uh-huh. Do you guys know uh-huh. her? Yep. She's awesome. Uh, but I will say a little plug for single women out there. Mm. Okay, folks. There's a lot of like, dudes in it. Right? It's all guys. Yeah. Right. All like dudes. it's the weirdest yeah. phenomenon. That, that like it 20, is. 30 year old women have not yet figured out to show up to a Bitcoin meetup I know, or the like, Empower Conference. It's like, and honestly, the guys in it are good dudes. I think we should have a dating show with Lisa. Like it's we, we so match up. What? We, we match up with like, with like, we do like the whole blind dating thing oh where there's like three, three random Bitcoiners behind the, behind the veil. Yeah, oh, the dating game. You know what? So I won't date anyone that's in my industry. It's wow. a rule. Not even for the show. But, so that's not so that's not even <laughs> that's not even a, that's not show. a deal breaker that they're not orange pilled to like be part of requirements. I haven't dated anyone that is orange pilled. Are you serious? The only yeah. Do you feel like you fundamentally disagree in life though? And maybe that could be the downfall. Yeah. Of your I relationships? fundamentally think. You know, I don't know whether or not they think I'm stupid, mm. or they're just stupid. I like don't one mean, of the two of us. Is no. not understanding what's at play I, here. I'll tell you what I think. All right. It is. Um, I think if a dude is not orange-pilled yet and they came across you and you guys are having your conversation and the topic, I think, would inevitably come up with you in particular. Bitcoin? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it would have to probably. I mean, you, you're like I, – You are th- maybe the best evangel- evangelical Bitcoiner that I know, like evangelist for Bitcoin. Okay, but I'm like the big fat Greek wedding, you know, the guy who's with the Windex, the uh-huh, dad. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can tell you how any word is Greek. Yeah. Right? Give me a word, I'll tell you how it's Greek. Like, right. That's how I am. I'm like, give me a topic and well, I'll tell you how it's connected how, to Bitcoin. Yeah, right. And so I think it's <laughs> inevitable that that is going to come up. Mm-hmm. I could see most guys that if they're not orange-pilled, where they would struggle, they would get intimidated by him. Because yes, that's so true. Yeah, no, I could, I could see I f- that. I think you, you need to give some orange-pilled guys a try. Yeah, I think you should. I think that should be a whole show. <laughs> I like a whole that dating idea. show. Like we can make it a whole production. What do I have know. to lose? Yeah, why, you have nothing not? to lose, yeah, and you have yeah. everything to gain. You don't have to yes. marry him. You know, <laughs> this kid end up, man. No, she's gonna marry him, and then the next show we would do it'd be like Lisa's wedding. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Lisa's Bitcoin wedding. Oh, and. That would be the so next fun. One. I'm not Season getting remarried, two. but yeah. <laughs> you I, I so. mean, I was already married to the nicest guy in the world. That's true. So, yeah, you did check. say that. And she said that twice. So it's, it's oh, it be must true. be true. And, oh, it is true. And he is the only man in my world like that I care about. 
oh, I don't know if I want to dox him. I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. He owns Bitcoin. Boom. Boom. I was like, you need to buy Bitcoin because we share a kid and everybody here needs to be. So see, that makes a lot of sense. Come on, Lisa. We need to make this happen. We need okay. to make this happen. We need to make sure. this happen. Let me know. It's my it's, mission in life. It's going down. In between transitions, between panels, I'm just going to put Lisa's match profile yep. up on the screen. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to be like, here's a QR code. Please slide into her DMs. We, we should critique whether or not they match. We should be the dictators. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We'll we should pick. do interviews. We should do we'll interviews. We'll do interviews. We'll have an interview panel. And we will decide the candidates that yeah. that get to uh, really. Yeah, this is attempt really to woo good. you. Attempt yes. to woo me. Okay, I like that idea. This All could right. be really good. It could be good. And then once Great they get, idea, once they buddy. get past us, they've got your daughter's the final. Yeah, your daughter. Oh the my final gosh, say so. She's like your the final boss choose. that they have to get through to get. Yeah, to Yeah, she's the final boss. Yeah. She's the final boss. Okay. What do you think? That's, she would like I, this. I bet. I bet she would. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Lisa? You down? I'm totally down. She will not be down. She will have <laughs> she will have no part of this She's discussion. She's not interested. I'm not interested. All right, we've been going for two hours. Have we? Man, oh, it's, it's been so it fun. Just has fun. Thank you for coming, Lisa. You are seriously like, thank you from like you're the Bitcoin one of, evangelist that I really I one of the one of the best you. evangelists for, yeah. for this space. I met you at a Bitcoin meetup. It was the first time I met yeah. you, and I remember thinking, like, man, you just got a good energy. Awesome. Thanks. So. Yeah, really happy you came on. Thank you. So do you know actually what the definition of an evangelist is or a definition? Uh, he or she prost- who evangelizes? Yeah. Yes, he or she who evangelizes. Like a, I don't know, a proponent, a, a, a word spreader of the good news of Bitcoin, I guess. Yeah. I, I heard this on Sunday. Um, Dr. Pace, our minister, said that an evangel. you can cut this out if people aren't religious, but... Um, no, an evangelist is someone out. who's who's passing along something that God has already said to someone else. I like it. And, That's a good. You know, I I do believe that um, that as we were saying, maybe it's before we went on air that that we discovered Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't invent it. We discovered it, like mm-hmm. oil or other natural resources. Right. We've come to discover it, and now we're going to use it as a tool. And I believe that things that we discover were put here by. You know our creator. So. Does this make us a prophet? I don't know. That's getting so deep. Ooh. That is getting deep. I would love to be considered a prophet, that but would be cool. I also you would be like sacrilegious right? at the same it's time. The, or your your um, friend in Dubai. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest tool for humanity. It is. Yeah, and I agree. And I, uh, I mean, when it, when I got into it from a career standpoint, uh, I honestly felt like called to do it. So. Agreed. I know that might sound weird, but I wholly believe it. It was not just a choice. So that's my opinion. I yeah. don't know. Cool. Love it. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank you for coming. It was we'll awesome. I'd love to have you back again. I'd love to come anytime. Well, we See will you at Empower. Yes. We'll see you on the dating show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Ciao, ciao.